scared to bring this up. I'm a little scared to bring this up. You should be scared. The way Joe might react. We got a late night joke off on the Omarosa firing. Oh! What's that for? <laughs> who, who wants that? Who asked for it? Where the late night hosts take on the topic of the day yesterday and today. Well, I'll warn you, sir. I will rate each one of the jokes grade it, and the bottom grade getter will be banned from comedy for life. <laughs> and I meet the press yesterday. Omarosa played a recording of Trump's chief of staff, John Kelly, firing her in the White House Situation Room. Listen to this. We've got to talk to you about uh, leaving the White House. Can I a, ask you a couple of questions? Uh, Does the president, is the president aware of this? Uh, don't, let's not go down the road. This is a non-negotiable discussion. Mm. Turns out anytime someone asks, is the president aware of what's going on, Kelly says, let's not go down that road. We hope uh, don't develop into something that uh, that will make it ugly for you, and then you can go on without any type of uh, difficulty in the future relative to your reputation. General Kelly, you work for Donald Trump. I wouldn't worry about other people's reputations. <laughs> on the tape... Kelly says Omarosa was being fired due to significant integrity issues. And nothing says I don't have integrity issues like recording your boss in the top secret situation room. Hmm. Oh, not clearly identifiable as humor. <laughs> By uh, most standards. Wow. Uh, wow. That was a D plus and two C minuses. Gordon, of course, will lose a full grade for being a foreigner. So he's banned. Ah, uh, boy. So she, I, I watched. You know, listen. Listen. I suggest to you alleged comedians, can't come up with jokes better than that. Don't do a joke. Well, Maybe I, give the weather forecast instead. I don't think or it a nice is, recipe, Michael. Driving, safe driving. Hits. I don't think it really has to be a joke anymore. It just has to be a wry commentary leaning against Trump. Yep. Sure enough. I think is, is good enough. Um, I don't want to talk about this here, yet I'm going to talk about it for 30 seconds. Um, Amorosa did on Meet the Press. She she said, and did you hear that? The way they threatened me? And I just thought, well, yeah. You did some things that are against company policy, and you got fired. So, yeah. And, and it happens. They say, yeah. look, we'll keep this quiet if you get the hell out of here. Coming up, it's time to unplug a robot. But it's a robot that looks like a human and is begging you not to unplug it. How do people react to that? They ran an experiment, and it's kind of weird and freaky, and will lead to robots overrunning us and yes. eating, eating us. I'm all for that. For our electrons. Can you immediately blossom into a savant? <laughs> Apparently you can. They're I not exactly so. <laughs> sure why. And it's funny that uh, Sean handed me this story the day after I read about this guy who had a stroke and all of a sudden was a great painter. You oh, see that? boy. Uh-huh. The brain is so damned interesting. Oh, please. So yeah. freaking interesting. Because we all have that ability. We just can't tap it for some reason. The most powerful computer on the planet is not that giant thing that they're cooling in the ocean. It's the human brain. Yeah, it is. And and it, and it can it can speak for yourself. It can do amazing things, but <laughs> we can't all tap it easily. But some people are born with the part of their brain that understands music. Just, just on fire compared to the rest of us, right? And uh, it's it's weird, and and, and you know, and, and nope, like I said, nobody really understands why. Uh, but this guy who had he he didn't have any artistic ability, um, any more than the average person. He had a stroke, and for some reason, that part of the brain got activated or more accessible, 
and all of a sudden he could paint, <laughs> and he was painting all these different things, and yeah. really quite amazing. And and they have these other examples of how you can become a savant. Now these people didn't have strokes, but they just woke up one day more or less, um, and could play the piano when they couldn't play the piano before. Yes, please. Or this is somebody. Where do could, I sign up? This do I so, just hit myself in the head with a hammer till it starts? This is somebody who could play the piano some. Um, but then all of a sudden, one day, understood minor chords, major chords, this, that, all the, and just could just play way better than they'd ever played in their lives, and they don't exactly know why. Mm. Uh, a couple more examples of people having the similar experience with art. It seemed art and music seem to be. I've been watching these sorts of things on sixty minutes my whole life. Um, uh, you know, uh, the 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 the, the prof- profoundly retarded child that can play the piano magnificently. Mm-hmm but can't hardly speak or feed themselves. Yeah. You know, it's just it's, it's really interesting. Um, I read a great piece about how neuroscientists study those with abnormal brains, and it's given them so much insight into so-called normal brains because it's very it's very difficult to understand what's going on in there until you run into somebody who's exceptional. Then you can, you know, see how their brain lights up and try to figure out what's happening. Yeah. That's wild, though. You know, and maybe I'm just trying to comfort myself uh, because I'm a halfwit, but... Um, you know, sometimes those super exceptional abilities, it's like, you know, running your, your car in the red line. It just makes it difficult to live uh, normally in other ways, people, those abilities. If they found a way, though, to tap that part of our brain so they could, you, you take a pill or they poke you with an electrode or whatever. Yes, please. All of a sudden, you can, you can, you understand art in a way that you wouldn't have otherwise. Or play the piano or something like that. Would, would it take all the fun out of it if everybody could play the guitar or piano really great? Yes. <laughs> Everybody's really good at well, it. Well, you're walking down the street. There's a virtuoso uh, jamming coming out of every single window. If anybody would bother to do it, I mean, what's yeah, the or point? Maybe that's it. Maybe nobody would bother to do it. I mean, you're Who not are you gonna... doing it for. Well, yeah. I, I enjoy playing the guitar just because it pleases me. But, um... but you're not going to do it at the local coffee shop because everybody in the coffee shop can play as well as you, right? And can instantly identify what you're playing and, and jam along with expertise or, even as you play. Or same with art. If everybody could just immediately oil paint a bowl of fruit that looks fantastic. And yeah. Great. Here, I'll give you a cent for it. You know? um, I kind of want it to happen to me, but I kind of don't. So I guess. Can I get a little of it? Yeah. Don't you think they'll figure out how to activate that someday? How to make that happen? It's, it's yeah. I would guess yeah. At some point, there will probably be some awful near misses for a long time, as they think they know how to get that going, but they don't quite. Or it makes you insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the I other mean, human beings. Hutzpah our, our overconfidence in our understanding of science has been a constant through all of human history. We always know less than we think we do. Uh, and you'd think we'd figure that out since it's always been true, but hmm. at well, least, at least, you know, some people. We're going to talk about smart robots and computers and stuff next. Um, they get the artificial intelligence. We're doomed. I'm telling you. Well, they're making lifelike uh, dolls, right? That guys are falling in love with because they can bat their eyes and say your name and read your emotions. Oh boy. Do you actually start to have feelings for them or treat them like they have feelings? Apparently, according to a new experiment, we do. Beyond a doubt. Oof, that's troubling. Yeah. Stay Stay tuned to be troubled (laughs) on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. Yeah, we were continuing our discussion about the like the guy who had a stroke and now he's a painter. Now he can paint. How about if I just hit my head a little bit and now I can remember the passwords <laughs> for all my computers or something? Uh, yeah. Just a minor improvement in my life with, yeah. a, with, a, with, a, with a minor head wound. Oh, boy. I had some fascinating stuff about um, why we do various things that sabotage our lives the other day. I'll, yeah. t- I'll have to talk about that later. It's, it's really interesting. I'm not sure I buy it. but oh, Science has spoken on this topic? Well, therapists believe it. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, please welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show, Hamza Shabam. Shabam, who uh, is a uh, tech reporter for the Washington Post and and is uh, is writing today about an experiment that we were disturbed by the moment we heard about it. Hamza, welcome. How are you? Hi there. I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's always a pleasure. Thanks. So tell us about this experiment and, and we'll go from there. Sure. So uh, a group of German researchers wanted to find out um, if a robot acts like a person, does that influence how actual people react to that robot? Uh, So they designed this experiment uh, where volunteer participants worked uh, with a robot for about 10 minutes. And once that was over, the researcher said, okay, you can turn off the robot if you want. And at that moment, moment, the robot told about half the participants, no, please do not switch me off. I'm scared that it will not brighten up again. And Wow, robot- so it was afraid <laughs> of death. <laughs> the, the, the robot was, was, was essentially begging for its life. And what the experiment showed is that that actually caused uh, several of the participants to refuse to turn the robot off. And even with the people who didn't turn it off, they hesitated for about twice as long as others where the robot did not make that plea. Oh, those who did turn it off took twice as long. Okay, I I would hesitate. It would take me like at least a second or two. No, this is a freaking computer. Right. Um, and then unplug it, but but it would it would give me a little pause, and I assume I tell you what, if you didn't pause, you'd, you're a cold cold person. <laughs> well, but I assume the the, the practical uh, result of this is because they're making these, for instance, s- s- companion sex doll women for 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 lonely weirdo dudes, um, more and more lifelike. They're just computers. And 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 so you'll start. We can we will treat these more like living beings than we even imagined before. Is that the is that what we're learning? Well, the, one of the one of the findings of the study is that it builds on this research that that humans by 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 nature we we treat social objects as if they're alive, and and what can kind of heighten that inclination is if those social objects act in a social way to us. So in this case, it was like a little humanoid robot that looked like a human, and it had a human voice, and it was expressing you know desires and, and needs in a way that we would expect from a fellow human being. So that kind of amplifies that feeling of, wow, I'm going to treat this as if it was a fellow person. Well, and you and the researchers point out that one key aspect of it is that uh, the little robot showed signs of autonomy, or I might even argue signs of self-awareness, and that's Mm -hmm. such a human thing that that freaked the people out. 
Yeah, it, it's it's the, the 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 some of the participants who refused to turn the robot off. The 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 reason that they gave was I don't want to act against this robot's will, which which assumes this this kind of agency and this decision making. Okay. I think I think it's starting to make sense to me that this this is another example of modern technology uh, taking advantage of the human brain, and we're going to have to figure out a way to deal with it. Similar to we all react to every time our phone go di- goes ding and we get a text that we think something exciting is going to happen. I mean, it's it's taking advantage of the way our brains are developed. Right here's an opportunity or a danger or something like that. So we're we're built to have compassion toward living autonomous beasts were built that way mm-hmm. so something that our brain perceives as that way of course we're going to have it, it overrides at least briefly right our, our our intellect well and just to to put icing on the cake the thing expressed fear it expressed not only fear but like primal fear of death which is another self-awareness <laughs> thing so you know and these are german researchers who, who are just curious to see what would happen i mean you get a bunch of german researchers for instance who decide they want to dominate the world with their ai robot army i mean god knows what insidious stuff they could get going yikes <laughs> what, what 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 are you taking from this are you anything you're concerned about or you just think it's amusing or what what yeah, I think I think you can you can see it two ways, and and I, and I too see it two different ways. I think it it it's it's a it's a good thing to show that people can have compassion to other things that aren't exactly like them. But as you point out, um, it, it also shows how easily uh, robots can manipulate us, even when we know it's a robot, but just by using the language um, that we would expect from a human being. We're manipulated to, to to act in certain ways. Maybe I'm just a pessimist, but I find this all chilling. <laughs> oh, yeah, it just it just yeah. seems like I can't quite put it together in my head, but it just seems like this is going to be used in a terrible way. Hamza Shaban writes about tech for the Washington Post. Can you picture the terrible way in which it'll be used? <laughs> <laughs> Spend a while, have a couple of drinks tonight, and picture it. Uh, Hamza, it's great to talk to you. Thanks a million. Sam here, my pleasure. Thank you. You got it. At the at the very least, it shows how. And again, it doesn't mean you're stupid. It means you're compassionate. It means right. you're human. It means you're, you know, your brain's like everybody's brain. But if if people actually can fall in love and have feelings for a freaking computer, a hunk of plastic and wires, that could have some real devastating effects on the human race. Helps if it got some girl parts on it, <laughs> based from what I've heard. Please. Uh, well, listen. I see what you're driving at, and you're absolutely right. We've talked about this before, how evildoers, um, sociopaths, they they are really good at recognizing the triggers of human compassion. The guy at the gas station that says, i got to get my kids home because their doctor's there and they're sick and blah, blah. If you could just give me 20 bucks for gas. I mean, that's a f- effing, I almost dropped an F-bomb. That would have been entertaining. Uh, that's a damn grifter. Uh, and they understand that reaching into the most sacred places of your compassion is the way they get over. And, you know, if you empower, and why am I taking such a dark view of this? I don't know. Um, If you have the power of AI and sophisticated robots and a really detailed knowledge of those triggers, oh, my gosh, brave new world, man. Look out. Sci-fi film near you. Well, and here's the thing with the artificial intelligence. The computer is aware of this experiment. The computer realizes, okay, if I sound like a human and beg for my life, 
they will treat me differently or they won't turn me off or whatever. The only missing part of that is I still don't understand how a computer would ever have the desire to to be alive or to 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 take over the world. I don't know where that would come from. The well, lights must stay on, Jack. <laughs> I don't well, understand where that would come from. They I mean, think AI will eventually result in self-awareness and the desire to endure just because that's such a universal. I've I've read beautiful things written about that that I don't quite comprehend and probably can't explain properly, but there's some level of belief that that will come. Because we have the most ingrained thing in our DNA is to uh, is to survive and and then and, and to procreate and have it survive. That right. is the the in our every bit of our being. Yeah. If a computer doesn't have that, does it give a crap? I don't know. Will it get a crap? <laughs> Will it get a crap? Will it acquire a crap somehow? <laughs> I hope hey, not. Getting then back we're, to your then we're in trouble. Getting back to your thought about the. Computer um, learning that if it appeals to our sense of this, that, or the other, you know, it will fall for it. That will happen. But it's going to be way, way more sophisticated than that. It will assess different pitches of of its voice. If it has just a little higher pitch on its voice, that gets 78% compliance as opposed to 74%. Come up with the pitch that reminds you of an old lover or something like that. Sure. Sure. Whatever. (laughs) Oh, God. Right. Oh, jeez. It can mimic the voice of an ex-lover. If it, if it's trying to seduce you sexually, throws a little southern accent on there, maybe puts on a ball cap. I'm just suggesting, honey, <laughs> if you wanted to do that. Wow. Um, I mean, or a cowboy hat, it'd be fine. Um, Right. It'll be incredibly sophisticated. Its ability to, to trip our, our, uh, and our deep caveman triggers. Yikes, is my conclusion. What run, ha- run for your lives. <laughs> We've had this conversation before. What hat is sexiest? And I notice a lot of the country music um, mentions their girlfriend in a ball cap. A ball cap is hot. Is there a ponytail out the back, please? All right. But why Why is that? I'm not exactly sure. Is it because, <laughs> it's, because it's got a little male in right. it? Right. You secretly want to be with a dude. You're a latent homosexual. It's as simple as that. <laughs> why? What, what hat's the hottest, Sean? Construction helmet, cowboy hat. <laughs> Depends on which cosplay convention I'm going to. You know, I really, I really like it when a girl is wearing a, you know, like a cowboy hat and a, and a guy's, uh, you know, clothes and speaks in a low voice and has a beard <laughs> and, a, and has a penis. Yeah, that's, that's my favorite. Part. Oh, yeah. I really go for a girl like that. I just have always wondered that. Why is the ball cap or the cowboy cap so so sexy? Why is that? How about wearing only a football jersey? Yeah, why is that sexy? It's another guy thing. Because the, you're a latent homosexual. Because <laughs> you well, then, yearn for the days of Greco-Roman wrestling, stripping down to the waist, and right. then grappling with greased men. <laughs> it's interesting, though. There's no doubt about it. Computers will figure out that guys, specifically, have a thing for that, and they'll, they'll throw on the cowboy hat. <laughs> Maybe it's because, it's you know, if she's wearing her clothes, things have gone well. Maybe that just it. harkens back to previous engagements. Um, what's coming up in your news, Marshall? Grand jury report out today detailing sexual abuse by hundreds of priests in Pennsylvania's Catholic Church. Oof. We got a new poll with surprising findings about America's attitudes towards socialism. Coming up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Gotta That's, get to that. That is worth talking about. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Got a woman running for Congress down in Florida, Florida woman, uh, who had actually altered a piece of paper, doctored a diploma to make it look like she had a different degree. 
for some reason. Is this the gal who doesn't have a degree at all? Yeah. But Whatever. I got to start claiming I have some degree. I Does don't that make have. any difference? Why wouldn't I? Yeah. I do it all the time. Nobody's ever caught me. No, well, yeah. Then the older you get, the less it matters. Yeah. All sorts of certificates and degrees. <laughs> what the hell? It's odd that you would do that. That you would, you know, make up the piece right. of paper. I well, say it's odd that you care. You made me lie because you care about it so much. Right, exactly. It's just a piece of paper, man. Mm-hmm. I read constantly all day long. I, I could easily have had a, a master's degree or two or three at this point. In fact, I do, in my mind, so I'm going to start saying I do. Why not? It's merely the truth. It's my truth. I want to speak my truth, which is an insidious phrase that you see more and more these days. There's not the truth. There's my truth. That's what Avenatti's running on, uh, the porn producer? Yeah. Creepy Promoter. Cre- CPL, creepy porn lawyer, Mark Stein re- refers to him as. Yeah, that's good. Because he was asked on uh, George Stephanopoulos the other day, he said... Because he said he wants to because run Because he was on George Stephanopoulos. What the hell? Yeah. Shame on them for having him on. Good on them for asking this question. Name one issue that you've cared about your whole life that you've talked about. And he said, the truth. Bringing the truth to people. That and is porn. what I care about. And the truth and porn. Creepy porn lawyer. And Mark Stein said, I'm not ready to be a never creepy porn lawyer person yet, but <laughs> I might be in the future. <laughs> Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. A uh, grand jury report is due out this morning detailing sexual abuse by more than 300 priests in Pennsylvania's Catholic Church. How many? 300. More than 300. God dang it. In the last 50 years or something like that? Since 1947. Okay. Court goes back to 19... 70 years. Yeah. Yeah. 300. Yep. Yeah. Court actions delayed the... In, and I'm sorry, that's one state, friends. Yeah. Court actions delayed the release of the report with a number of the individuals named in it claiming the findings were false and misleading and that its release would damage their reputations. In July, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court stepped in and ordered the report to finally be released by 11 o'clock this morning West Coast time. And at one point, the state's attorney general wrote to Pope Francis requesting the Pontiff direct church leaders to stop efforts to silence the survivors. Now, I want to get this right because it's important. I heard it characterized in one place that there were 300 who either abused or covered up for abusers. I put Um, you in pretty... And CNN phrases it to be 300 abusers. Yeah, I put you in pretty close to the same category. I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. In fact, one might be worse than the other. It's an interesting thought. I see where you're going with that. The, uh, the 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 desire to have sex with a child, I think, is a hardwired thing. You have little control. You have control of whether you act on it. The uh, the desire, I'm not sure, but the covering it up to protect the that's, bureaucracy. That's just a pure yeah. selfish <clears throat> move on your part, knowing children are being victimized. Right. That's unbelievable. A Gallup poll has found that for the first time, more Democrats see socialism positively than capitalism. Gallup has been asking about America's views on both socialism and capitalism since 2010. And while the 57% of Democrats who said this year they've got a positive view of socialism was actually in line with previous years, there was a significant drop in those who had a positive view of capitalism, polling at 47% this year, down from 56% in 2016. 
This was the first time the Democrats' positive view of socialism topped that of capitalism among Republicans. 71% had a positive view of capitalism. Only 16% felt the same way about socialism. And when you get into demographics, young adults much more likely to view socialism positively, with Gallup noting that the 2016 presidential candidate, Senator Bernie Sanders, have brought socialism into the maiden street. $27! I'd like to know what a lot of these people mean when they say socialism. I'd like to, them to give me a one-word definition. Or I don't, even a sentence. I don't think that... Yeah, a sentence, a one-sentence definition. I don't think they mean state-controlled everything. I don't think they mean that. No, I have a feeling they mean... More stuff taken from other people and given to me. Which we're quite a ways down the road of already, and people are in favor of taking that further. Right, right. The forcible confiscation of funds and other things from other people to give them to me, and then they dress it up in a pretty little dress and call it fairness and generosity when it is essentially state violence. Um, Yeah, I find this an incredibly uh, troubling development, not because I think, as you're pointing out, all these people are in favor of an actual socialist system, but because they think they are. And we'll get further and further down the road to that system, which inevitably ends in misery. I heard an interesting argument from a capitalist the other day who said that uh, people who are in favor of capitalism need to do a better job of calling out the problems of capitalism. Like whenever companies act illegally or un, uh, uh, or, or talk about wage growth or that sort of stuff and not try to, like, downplay that because you think it hurts the, the argument for capitalism. Right. It's the opposite. You need to point out the weaknesses or the times that it's abused. Police your own house. Yeah, sure. exactly. Well, right. not only that, right. but point out, as I often do, that a lot of what some well-meaning folks think are flaws of the free market are the opposite of the free market. They are crony capitalism. They're rent-seeking, which means you become powerful and you get the government to pass laws and regulations on the pretext of keeping people safe or fairness. But what it actually does is gives an enormous uh, uh, advantage to the companies that can bribe the powerful to pass those laws. That's the opposite of the free market. And and uh, many, many smart con men on the left hit you with the fairness arguments and the safety arguments as they get insanely rich. How does that happen? It's because they use the levers of government to enrich themselves. It's as old as time, man. Study history. Elon Musk is admitting, yes, he is in talks with Saudi Arabia over taking Tesla private. In a blog, Musk said that Saudi Arabia's sovereign wealth fund would support Tesla's privatization. Musk said the funds approached him a number of times over the past few years about taking the company private, so he's sure the deal would be closed if he decides to go through with it. Sounds a little fishy to me. Yes. Yeah, we talked about it before. They said they'd probably do it, so yeah, they'd do it. Uh, would they? Elon, I don't know. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm starting Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. You know the, um, the, the magic duo of Penn and Gillette? Uh, Penn and Teller, I'm sorry. Yes. Penn Gillette has uh, done another interview. He does a lot of interviews. We should interview him. Long-form interview. He's a damned interesting guy. Heck yeah, he is. But some of the stuff he said about Trump and Trump supporters and politics of our time, very interesting. Should pass that along, too. Mm. He's a hell of an interesting guy. And his little uh, mute friend is uh, quite the quite the handyman with cards and whatnot. Clever little fella. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Conscience. 
of the nation. Here's a hymn to welcome in the day Heralding a summer's early sway And all the bulbs all coming in Ah, uh, so who is he talking to here? You know Penn and Teller, the magic act, comedy magic act. Uh, this is In Conversation with David Marchese, who I don't know. Does good work. Uh, the tall guy who talks. Penn Jillette. He's a uh, well-known libertarian. Really interesting dude. He's on Bill Maher's show all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, interview with him uh, recently, though. Talking about... Uh, Media coverage today, society, what's true and what's not, uh, trying to figure out. Fake news. You know, people ignoring truths because it backs their side and all that sort of stuff that we've discussed a lot. But he also goes on to say with his gravelly voice, while I assume he sits on Teller like he's a chair. Oh, I'm boy. just picturing that here. You think he dominates him physically just because he's so big? <laughs> that's that's terrible. Talking about truths, he said, for instance, we know a guy walked into that pizza place with a gun because of Pizzagate. We know he believed in that. We also know that hundreds of thousands of people knew about Pizzagate, the conspiracy theory. But those are two very different facts. We don't know how many people who knew about Pizzagate shrugged it off. All we know is that one guy took it seriously. Probably more than one guy did, but it's very hard to get real data on that. It's like how I have all these friends who have a clear vision of who a Trump supporter is with no evidence that that person that they're imagining actually exists. Mm. thought that was interesting. Yeah. When you say those people, you've made a huge error because there are no those people. They don't exist. You hear stuff like Trump supporters are homophobic. Trump supporters are misogynist. This is a mistake that was made by the Democrats. They would accuse Trump supporters of being things that Trump supporters knew they weren't. There are Trump supporters that have best friends who have gay sex. They do. You can't put a they type thing on that. And then he gets into today. For 50 million years, our biggest problems were too few calories, too little information. For about 50 years, our biggest problem has been too many calories, too much information. We have to adjust. I believe we will really fast. I also believe it will be wicked ugly while we're adjusting. Wow. That's what we're doing right now. Yeah, that now, sounds a little like uh, in my opinion. Now, if you're thinking he's a Trump <clears throat> honk, listen to this then. <clears throat> uh, asked, does Mark Burnett have tapes of President Trump? This is on the Omarosa thing, The Apprentice. Mark Burnett, the producer, right? Yeah. Saying damaging things during Celebrity Apprentice. Yeah, I was in the room, says Arr. says uh, says Gillette. You've heard him say, oh, yeah. So that'd be referring to the N-word I'm Oh, assuming. really? Huh. Can you tell me what you've heard him say? No. If Donald Trump had not become president, I'd tell you all the stories. But the stakes are high now, and I'm an unreliable narrator. What I do as much as anything is I'm a storyteller, and the storytellers and storytellers are liars. So I can emotionally tell you things that happened racially, sexually, and that showed stupidity and a lack of compassion when I was in the room with Donald Trump. And I guarantee you that I will get details wrong. That's interesting. I know what yeah. he means. Yeah, I can I give so. you the tenor of things, but it might not be you know word for word accurate, which might be really important. Well, the, yeah, give, given the impact. Uh, which which is a, a principle Donald J. Trump doesn't seem to understand. Or he understands it in a, ver- a way very differently than I see it. Another question. Just so I'm clear, it's a moral thing because it would be wrong to misquote him or because you don't want to unduly have an effect on politics? If he hadn't become president, I would be telling stories all day long. And if someone were to say Penn didn't get it exactly right, you'd go, who cares? 
But now being accurate matters more. Yeah, the stakes are really high. Not for me. Nothing I can say hurts my career. But for the world, the stakes are higher. And what I'm trying to do here is tell you the story emotionally without telling you the specifics. Okay, I think I follow your logic. He would say racially insensitive things that made me uncomfortable. I don't think he ever said anything in the room like African Americans are inferior or anything about rape or grabbing women. But of those two hours every day in a room with him, every ten minutes was fingernails on the chalkboard. He would ask one cast member if he'd rather have sex with this woman or that woman. (laughs) Wow. Oh, my God. Well, who would you do was a prominent radio bit for years. Yeah, well, yeah, but they aren't president of the United States. It's just kind of interesting. Yeah, I get it. Well, yeah, you know, and do you think Kennedy, for instance, or Clinton ever had those conversations with anybody? But, you know, they weren't on tape, I guess. Uh, So when you think it came to uh, supporting him for president, I digested that information from being on the show with him and said, absolutely not. He would be a terrible president. And because I'd been around him and some people cared what I thought, I said that publicly every chance I got while also saying he's a really good he's a really good at reality shows. You want someone capricious and petty and narcissistic to be on your reality show. And boy, I hate to say this, but playing tapes of him doing that job might be unfair. I want those tapes to be used against him, but it might be unfair. Hmm. Interesting. <clears throat> so what? The, so a couple of interesting things there. I think he is right that we're going through a... Uh, a weird period of time where we have too many calories and too much information. And, Look around and, you, yes. And humankind could really, really have a struggle trying to deal with it. Jeez, it could take centuries to work out how to deal with this many calories and this much information. Right. And survive as a species. Yeah. Could be really gnarly. The other part is, um, it's very easy to believe now that Omarosa went over to somebody's house and heard the tapes and that they exist and that that person might use them at some point. Mm-hmm. I mean... He's saying that they aren't all kinds of crap. Yeah. <sighs> but again, he's on a reality show trying to uh, shock and entertain. Right. Uh, it was a different time, different gig. It was The yes. entire point of it was to provoke. But these are subtleties and truths that have no place in politics. Politics is, is a hammer fight. The, the interesting question is... Well, there's a couple of interesting things. Is like you asked earlier, how many votes would it change? We have an audio tape come out today of of Trump dropping in bombs. How many votes would that change? I don't context know. Context would matter. Con- well, context would matter a lot if, for some people. If he said, you know, it's funny, I hear N bomb uh, in rap songs, but my God, if I said it on The Apprentice, if I said and he uses it again, that'd be all over. All right, that's one context. That has ended some people's careers, even uh, talking about it that way. Which is stupid. But which anyway, is stupid. If you were to say, I hate blanks, <laughs> right? that would be an entirely different context <laughs> in terms of moving votes. Yeah. Of course, you don't have to move a lot of votes. You wouldn't have had in to Wisconsin move, and Ohio. No, you wouldn't have had to move a lot of votes last election. Right. I, I also don't think that the biggest kind of voting shift in the upcoming elections isn't going to be people switching sides. It's going to be people who didn't vote who now vote. I think that's going to be the biggest switch. So I don't think it's necessarily going to be changing people's minds. It's convincing people that you agree with to get active. Yeah, well, that, that that's that's always the case. There are more people that don't vote than do, and if those people ever mobilize in any direction, they could they could change America for whatever direction. Are we going to mobilize the youth vote, Sean? <laughs> Florida youth registration is up 41%. You could mm. certainly, you know, you wouldn't have to be youth. It could be anybody. There's there's lots of chunks of America it, that don't vote. My point is that the, uh, the prediction that or the wish that we can mobilize the youth vote happens every four years. 
since I was a youth myself. And never really um, happens and, for and some never, reason. never bears fruit. I don't know what happened. No matter how many rallies they go to, like all those people go to the rallies and then they don't show up and vote. I don't know why. And every time they say, this time is different. Go on now, Sean. <laughs> but what do you have to say to us now? Fair or not, has there ever been a poster child for a hobgoblin to to rally against no. the, Everything's the Donald different. Trump? Everything's different. He's a damn good hobgoblin. Yeah. Everything's different now. We got a headline. Trump campaign raises the stakes in Omarosa fight files for arbitration. What does that mean? Oh, no, it's an arbitration filing. <laughs> I was afraid this would happen. Why'd he call her a dog? That was oh, out of bounds. That was. Did he mean a dog like uh, that movie was a dog? Have we had that on the or was it like an unattractive woman? That's have so we had, rude. Have we had that on the show today? Did, did Marshall read that? I think he did, yeah. Because one of the texts from Trump is he calls her a dog, which is just, that's. I don't, what does he mean by that? Don't, 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 don't say that about a woman. I don't think he meant her physical attractiveness. Do you? I think he meant just like low... Like the movie thing. Or or like a dirty lion dog? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good work by General Kelly for quickly firing that dog. Baxter's at home barking at his radio. What the hell's that supposed to mean? What does that mean? I'm faithful? I'm smart and well-trained? I poo outside? The other, a dog. the other N-word thing that I thought was interesting is Trump has survived things that I didn't think any politician would ever survive. Oh, true. This would be the ultimate test. Mm. The ultimate test. You are listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.